these pilots could not shoot. And so they, they're sitting ducks. Right. Yeah, so literally what had to happen, somebody had to wake Ronald Reagan up oh, wow. and, and get permission. Because yeah. if we shoot that plane down, we're now at war, and you need permission from the president to do yeah. it. So the whole time, this guy's screaming in, you know, they're locked on, they're locked, they're fucking locked. And he's, you can tell he's freaking out. Welcome to the American Grown Podcast, hosted by Austin Sullivan. The American Grown Podcast will focus on people from different walks of life and their journey to where they are now. Now, turn up your volume and settle in for a great episode. This is the American Grown Podcast, recorded inside the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. We suggest listening to part one before listening to this episode. This episode features Tim LeBay, a.k.a. Ramblin' Redbeard, Navy vet, craft beer enthusiast, and world traveler, visiting over 365 breweries and meeting some pretty interesting people along the way. Being in the service, were there any mentors in your life that left an impact that you wanted to shout out? And then, boom, we can get into the traveling to all 50 states. Definitely my mentor was my dad and my mom. I mean, I learned, I learned everything. And I, I, I mean, to this day, I'm still realizing stuff that I learned or that they did or put in me um, that I've used my whole life. I still sit back and go, what would my dad say? What would my mom's opinion of this be? So I think as far as mentors, um, there's another guy, and he's long passed away, but one of my football coaches, it was funny. So our practice field was different than it. We had a practice field, and we had a – Across town, we had our regular game day field. And the practice field was a, just a shithole. It was a dust bowl when <laughs> yeah. it was dry, and it was a mud, mud bowl. pit, yeah. Because it was down. It was probably 100 feet lower than the oh, high school. And there was this big hill, grass hill, that you had to climb, walk down to get to the field. Well, we would do stations. And we, we would, back then, we did double sessions in okay. August, right? So you oh, yeah. practice session, eat lunch, and then go back for a second one. Well, there was this part of the hill one of the, that was one of the stations. You'd run up and down the hill, and oh. it sucked because the hill was at an angle where you're almost climbing, bear crawling, oh, right? Yeah. And it sucked. And this coach was in charge of it, and his name was Tucker Toronto. And Tucker was an older guy, and he had, he had to be on di- dialysis okay. for his kidneys. And he would spend any time that he wasn't coaching us yeah he was on a dialysis machine oh, wow. so literally he was giving his life for us and he would stand at that top of the hill and he was picture your your atypical football coach like just still lifted weights i think he was in his 70s like Jeez. still lifted oh, yeah, weights I picture with, okay with the with the athletic shorts <laughs> yeah. and the and the striped sh- uh, socks up to his knees right the whistle oh, yeah. and the yes. pullover yes. And he'd, and he'd yell, get up that fucking hill. And to this day, when things are tough, yeah, I picture Tucker Toronto. Get up the fucking the hill. hill. Because all he was doing was, like, taking your mind out of it. Just do it. And so I've lived, I've, I pull that on that all the time still to this day. And I just recently went back, um, and I was showing somebody around my hometown. And we went, and they no way we had paid yeah. when he died. We bought a memorial, like a stone, and you put it up top. I put it right on top yes. of the hill. Oh, that's awesome! And yeah. it's and it's lived to this day. Wow. So I'm standing there at this memorial, 
and this guy comes up. He, he, they were doing some lacrosse stuff, and he comes up and he starts talking to me, and it, it ends up he was the current head lacrosse coach, and I got talking to him, and I said I had to come pay my respects to to Tucker. He says, "Oh yeah, we still teach the kids about Tucker in his hill and yeah, and all that. That's, and, and that we, is cool." And we got we got talking, and, and he says, "Hold on for a minute," and he went into the the school like the equipment room. And he comes back, and he's got an old helmet from the my playing days, and he gives it to me. He goes, "Thanks for coming back." And like, this is I'm going to tell kids about this that you came back to honor this guy because you got to you got to respect the yeah, people yeah. that you know that that were in authority or that were helping you then. And it was a really cool moment. Like it was, it was that is, it's like a full circle moment, you yeah. know. And it's like you paying your respects, and uh, you know the the body will do what the mind wills it. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and just get up that fucking hill. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. So he was a big, I, I was lucky to grow up with a lot of great coaches, uh, baseball coaches. Yeah. I still remember my, my, and it's funny. They all smoke cigars. Really? Yeah. During every practice? single one of them. Just like everything. Joke. So <laughs> how our, our <laughs> offense me. ran for yeah. football was our head coach would play, called all the plays and he would, run them in with us wide receivers okay yeah so i would play either every two or every three plays because i'd be standing on the sideline and then he grabbed my face mask (laughs) with a cigar in his mouth put his face almost in my i right sprint right one heart whatever yeah yeah and i'd go out with a face full of cigars (laughs) i was gonna say ash in your face yeah yeah yeah. and it's funny and and i'm like well times have changed like nobody yeah whenever i smoke a cigar now i'm like i think of my my first baseball coach he smoked he never had a i never saw him without a cigar in his mouth (laughs) that's great like when i when he passed away i went to his wake and i'm like Oh, that's what he looks like without a cigar. <laughs> Jesus, because he always had, he always had one. Yeah. Always had one. Always I didn't know him any yeah. any differently. That's you know? funny. Oh man, wow. So yeah, any any other mentors, or um, if you're ready, we'll get into you know your experience oh, traveling to all fifty. I think my states. mentors, you know, are are. I don't have any. I have a lot of influences. I have a lot of people that I, you know, try to when things get down. I I try to either talk to or I or I listen to or I go to or whatever, but. Yeah. Um, no, I'm kind of full circle where I think I, I want to be a mentor to other people. And that's what I'm trying. Like, I, I do a lot with the Reverend Warriors. There's a lot of, I call them kids, because they're all post-9-11 veterans. And I try to do a lot. Like, I've helped a lot of veterans, either financially or um, just by talking to them, listening to them, or whatever. So I'm I'm not trying to brag, but I'm, trying to, I'm saying, like, I've gotten to that age where now I'm trying to be a mentor you're at that stage in life yeah 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 i've helped out some uh, along that along the trip and i'll get into it later i i did help a lot of veterans and and i'm very proud of that like i'm very um the trip was one thing like i can sit back and go oh i did all these cool things but yeah like the things that i'm gonna really be proud of i think later now too but like going forward like helping veterans that were in so i'm in ready to kill themselves, you know, but when did you decide, okay, I want to travel to all 50 States. I want to drink, you know, a craft beer <laughs> at 365 locations. I'm guessing one a day was your goal. Uh, or... Well, it was the goal. Oh. So, so the, the plan. Yeah. And the plan was hatched during COVID. So in Boston, we were locked down pretty tight. I lived alone and I could still work because, you know, I, I was in sales, so I could still call people. I could still message people. 
So I was still working, but then I became kind of a, I'm a big political guy. And this was during the election and I was getting into it. And I, now I had time. I, I, I would watch all the news. I would, I would get really into it. And I started getting more and more and more pissed off at how the country was being portrayed through the media. And I knew, I'm smart enough to know that all of these people that were being pitted against each other were actually a very small group of people. They weren't really representative, still to this day. They're not really representative of this entire country. So I said, I know what's out there. Like, I know that this country is different than what we're being shown as. And so the the original thought was, I got to get out there somehow and show that. Even if it's to five people. Even if it's the one person. I just got to gotta be the voice that goes out there and, and, and tells positive stories. I could be, I, I'll be the smallest fish in the biggest ocean, but at least I'll feel good that I'm, I'm doing that. Like I'm, I'm finding those stories. And at first it was going to be a weekend thing. Oh geez. Just a weekend thing. Yeah. Okay. I was going to, I was going to fly. So a lot of the, the whole thing with the 50 States was we, um, we had a, the four guys that lived in the, like the house that was turned into an apartment with me and two of them, and then our friends and stuff. We had a little secret society going on behind the house because we we didn't know like, are we going to get arrested for gathering? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, all our right. bars are closed. Prime COVID time. Oh, this is yeah. So everything's locked down. You can't go anywhere. You can't. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little we, ridiculous, but okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We started this yep. every day at five o'clock. We'd go out there with beers and and we'd light a fire, like a a fire in an old grill. We'd cook out. And it came up, like, how many states people have been to. And I thought I'd been to a lot because I traveled the whole country selling the original BlackBerry solution. No way. And, yeah. Yeah. The dumbest, I'll, I'll just touch on this, the dumbest mistake of my life. I was offered BlackBerry, or it's called Research in Motion was a company. Okay. Stock at five cents a share. Jeez. And it. You know, it split twice, went up to 160 bucks each. Yeah, you didn't get it. I would have been a billion dollars. Yeah, it was fun. I I would have had to put five grand in for a solution that at that time people were telling me no, nobody wants to be that connected. Yeah, this isn't going. And now look at us. Yeah. So anyway, um, well then I got called out. They're saying, listen, when you fly into a state, get in a cab, go visit a company, and then fly home, that doesn't count. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't yeah. been to, you know, as many as I thought. Right. So then I said, okay, I got to change that. And that coupled with the with the whole thing. So the, it was going to be a weekend thing. I was going to look. I said, when the when bands start being able to play again, I'll go visit. I'll go see my favorite bands, in, and I'll spend the whole weekend, and then I'll go drive around and whatever. So that, that was the origin of it. And then it, one thing led to another, and all of a sudden I bought a camper, and I said, I'm just doing it. Yeah. I'm yeah. just doing and, it. And, and it started uh, in your backyard around a campfire with a bunch of buddies. That's where yeah. this kind of idea came from. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, then I said, okay, I'll do this. I'll tell people about it, and they'll tell me how dumb I am, and I won't do it. Yeah. Or I'll tell people about it. They'll tell me I'm dumb, and I'll do it just to prove. Just to prove them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. One of the, like, whenever I have a big goal, yeah. I post it all over my social media. So then I have to do it or be embarrassed that I didn't do it. Yeah. Right? So 
Well, I started getting all, not one person gave me shit. They're like, oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah, they're encouraging, Even right? Even my sister, who's like very, very like conservative in, in that aspect. I was like, go was for like, it. Yeah, yeah that's, I wish I could do it. Like, yeah. That's what you get, not having any kids and nothing yeah, yeah. and all that. Right. No strings. No strings. Yeah. So um, so then I started planning it, and 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 this is was a big part of it. I, I was planning it out, and I started getting nervous. Because I'm like, okay, this is a big, <laughs> yeah. big to do. And I would sit at my coffee table in my living room, and I had all these books and maps and all this. And I had Criminal Minds playing. It was like a marathon. Okay. And I really wasn't paying attention, but it was background noise. And um, Criminal Minds always starts with a quote. They, they, some, one of the cast members says a quote. And it has, it's like a theme to the, to the show. And the, the quote was, um, I'd rather die of a germ than a broken soul. Whoa. And it was very fitting because of COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? I'd rather die of COVID than yeah. be fucking locked up exactly. and all this yeah. shit, right? So yeah. I'm like, oh my God, what? That's like, what? Where's that from? And I looked it up and it was from John Steinbeck. And one of the last books he wrote was called Travels with Charlie in Search of America. Jeez, bums. Wow, this get wild. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> You're right. It's a sign. It's right? not it's a, a sign. I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, seriously. So, Jeez. Travels with Charlie is, okay. a, is a non-fictional book. I think, I don't know John Steinbeck that well, but it might be his only non-fiction book. He was feeling guilty. When he made it big, he bought a condo or, or an apartment or whatever in New York and one yeah. in Paris. And he spent his time split between those two. And he started feeling guilty that I made all this money writing about the like American people, and I'm spending more time in France and New York, which he was funny. He didn't call America. Yeah. And so he called up, you know, when you're John Steinbeck, you can call GMC up and say, hey, can you make me a like a pickup truck with a camper on the back? And they did. They made him a custom camper, like uh, one unit. And he says, okay. And... Charlie was his wife's dog. It was a poodle. He threw Charlie in the fucking truck and yeah. just went out and traveled the country. And I read the book in like three days. And the crazy part was that was 1960. Everything that he did to plan, pack, all that, I was right in the doing it exactly wow. the way he, he did it. And I'm not saying like, oh, I'm as good as John Steinbeck. I'm saying that when you plan a trip to go around the country – you're going to do the same things, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, my God. And I got so freaking inspired by got that. Pumped. You got pumped up. Yeah. yeah. And then I said, all right, I'm going to make this bigger because that's what I do. I got to make things. Right. So. You go all in. I designed. I said, well, I'm going to breweries, tapping into America. I, I love it. With that, the, yeah. the, the, the slogan. Then I conceived the, the logo, but then had a, a company draw it out, do that. And then I got in touch with the Reverend Warriors and asked their permission to put the name on the shirts and I made, I think I got, I don't know, a couple hundred of them made all different sizes. I got sweatshirts made, yeah. hat, these hats with a, a separate logo. And I said, I'm, I'm going to raise a ton of money for Reverend Warriors. I'm going to go to all 50 States. I'm going to go to, and then it was a gimmick, 365 breweries in 365 days. Yeah. Okay. And I said, okay, most breweries aren't open Monday and Tuesday. So those will be my logistical days. And then um, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I'll go to one brewery each day. Saturday and Sunday, I'll go to two. 
and I'll spend seven days in each state, except California and Texas. I'll spend 14. They're huge. There's right. 364 days. And then with seven, no, 14 days in, 14 breweries in California and Texas. Yeah. That's 364 breweries. And I said, I'll find a, one more somewhere. Yeah. And in New England, that worked perfect. Because most New England states you can get in and out of in a couple hours. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? right. So Driving like, and everything. Yeah. yeah, so seven days in a state, in the New England state, was plenty. Well, then I got out to the bigger states, and I'm like, I don't have time to do shit. Because, like, I had all these, you know, vacation, des- not vacation, but, like, touristy places oh, I stops to along the way. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. I, and I'm like, I won't be able to do any of these. And then I started thinking... Like a lot of these states, I'm never going to go back to. Probably never going to go back to Washington State, so Alaska. Why Russia? Yeah, you don't want to rush. No. Yeah. So, so that's why it took me two years and four months. But yeah. the, I stuck with the 365 breweries just to, and I probably went to more like 400. Wow. But I only posted and talked about the ones that I felt like there were some. There's a certain brewery type that I like, and then there's some I don't. Okay. And some there was a few I walked in and walked right out. I mean, this just isn't my. It wasn't feeling it. Yeah, you weren't feeling it. Um, I'm a brewery guy as opposed to a beer guy, meaning. So one of the biggest questions I get is, "What was your favorite beer? Yeah. What was the best beer?" I'm like, I, I really can't tell you. Okay. I, I don't like. I didn't I'm have not, that question. I'm not that big of a connoisseur of, of beer. Yeah. What I am is I love the type of person that goes to breweries. I love the atmosphere. I love the vibe. I love the community. Yes. Um, I love that it's adults sitting around drinking, but nobody's doing fireball shots and oh, trying yeah. to chug 20 Bud Lights and be idiots and, and right. all that. And I, I like the vibe. And I love talking to people. I have sit in breweries sometimes for hours just talking to different groups of people and probably drink one beer. But it's because it's the vibe. It's a conversation. It's like that community, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Community feel. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I ended up probably going to more like 400 breweries, but 365 you know, was, was the goal. Do you remember the name of the first one? Yeah. Um, Flight Deck Brewing in Brunswick, Maine. Okay. So the Naval Air Station that I was stationed at closed down years and years ago. And they re- repurposed it all, and and you know sold it, the land and different things. The the air the airstrip stayed, and it's now a private airstrip. Okay. Um, but the the building that we used to shoot guns in, yeah. small arms, yeah, got turned into a brewery. Oh, that's badass. That's so, so cool. I said that has to be <laughs> yeah. brewery number Stop one. Stop one. Okay. And the the the. The interesting part was when I kicked this all off, I was talking to a buddy of mine who had been stationed with me in Brunswick and we're still good friends. And he continued to be an air traffic controller and he actually works the tower at Logan Airport. So if you fly into Logan Airport, chances are he's talking to your airplane. Yeah. So, but he went on to be a pilot and bought his own plane. And he says, what if I fly you up to Brunswick and we land on the airstrip we used to control Yeah. and walk over and go to the brewery. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> yeah, what a, neat, that's, yeah that's cool. what a neat moment, for real. And yeah. uh, the funny part was, so originally I was going to film everything and do a documentary. 
Yeah, yeah. You so mentioned. I, had, I had all these GoPros, and I, I filmed the whole trip up. I filmed everything. It was kind of I had to do it like for this trip, Hollywood. Neither of us could drink because we're in a two seat plane. Oh shit! Or yeah. a two person plane. Like, <laughs> yeah. So if if something happened to him, I had to take over, and I couldn't be. You can't drink, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So we went there and didn't drink. It was it was almost for show to get the video, and Just, then I went. Yeah. I got my camper and drove back I up drove. there. Okay, but to to fly in like as air traffic controllers into the strip that you used to control was cool as shit. It was really cool, yeah. So that that kicked it off. It was was flight deck brewing was number one. All right, so I was number one, and since you mentioned it, uh, you have pictures of the the camper here. So that's what you use to travel. Yeah, 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 it's a little twenty-one foot camper. Okay, and I, w- the goal was to find a camper that was the smallest camper I could find because I had never towed a camper, um, but still had a bathroom and a shower. Okay, yeah, because I wanted to be self-contained. Yep. So um, the fun- <laughs> funny part, I looked at probably five or six, and I found this one, and I <laughs> I bought it, and then I'm like, I'm looking at it, and the guy goes, "You don't know how to hook this up, do you?" I'm like, "No, no." <laughs> Because you're yeah. gonna drive it to all, you know, to 48 right, states, right? And like, and I scared the shit out of him pulling it, pulling it out of his. No way! Yeah, he's and like, really like, great. Yeah. So yeah, so one side of the of the camper, I put brewery stickers. Okay. And then the other side, I put like, uh, you know, cool places that I went stickers, and it was it was funny. So then, if you see here, there's a a map of the United States with stickers. Yeah, and you put one, you know, every time. My my thing was I had to be in the state for two days. I had to sleep overnight. Okay, and then I said, "Fuck those guys back at it's home." It's official. That, that better there. be good enough for if them. That doesn't count. What that? Right. What that? You know. So yeah. then I, before I would, I I put the sticker on, and in the beginning, there's no stickers, and I'd have I one or two of these little state stickers, and I felt like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. And then I was pulling into campgrounds, and like hooking think the electric up and all that yeah I, I got it down pretty quick but like i still felt like a novice well two years later i've got this thing covered in stickers <laughs> people are coming up to me like oh my god you're the greatest camper guy ever yeah yeah like you're oh, a like, professional oh, you should have you know? seen me two years ago <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the biggest idiot and i say that not to brag about it but yeah. i say that my big message now is if you want to do something just do it like don't think Oh my God, I don't know how. Nowadays, there's no excuse. There's somebody on YouTube that will show you how to do it. Yes. You, you could probably be you could probably go do surgery on somebody. Yeah, probably. Like if you yeah. needed to, like with if, YouTube. If you had to, yeah. Right. Yeah. So don't don't there's no excuses to not yeah, just go for do it. what you do you want. You know, most people say, Well, money, you can make more money. Yeah. You always make more money. If you want to do it, you figure it out. You Just know? do it. And, yeah. and you'll figure it out. You'll look like an idiot when you first start. Well, everybody I, does. I, I everybody. look like an idiot. I was a, a day, you know, two years and four months, I was doing things that I'm like, ah, you idiot. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but, but then anyway. two years later, you're like, people think you're professional. Like, look yeah. at this guy. Look at this. Oh, yeah. And you were because two years of, of doing it. So now um, uh, Pennsylvania stops. What Do you remember yeah. what they were here? A lot of them yeah. were, were kind of around the Gettysburg area. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one of them was in Harrisburg, and still probably in the the top, um, uh, upper top of my favorite stops. Yeah. So it was called Tattered Flag. Damn, room. I knew you were gonna say that one. And yeah. they're out of business. They now. are. Yeah, it's a damn shame. Yeah, I like they were, that. They too. were owned by a, not a former. He was a current Navy SEAL. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't, and I didn't. the tattered flag came from. He carried a a flag, 
and I know there's a significance to the flag, like it was his grandfather's or I, I don't know that for sure, but th- yeah. it wasn't just a flag he bought at Walmart. Like it was a significant flag. He carried it in his gear through all of his missions. Wow. And now he's 20 years, I think, plus as a SEAL. So this thing got beat up. And it's hang- it was hanging in the brewery. Yeah. And the d- the day I, w- I went there for two days because I would get in touch with the breweries I was going to go to and say, hey, I'm raising money, you know, for this for this uh, or veterans organization because uh, and they agree they said we'll brew a beer and all the pros will give a dollar per beer to your organization oh wow so most beer beer recipes are about 1500 beers sure. so they um they, they donated 1500 bucks to, to, to the cause yeah and they were just great and they had two locations they had one in harrisburg and one at gettysburg the gettysburg was the size of this podcast room really i've never been to the gettysburg one i was yeah, yeah. it was like a 10 person to Jeez. fit in there yeah we got i think we fit 45 people in there damn wow because um <laughs> all the irreverent tight. warriors from three states okay maryland maybe delaware where's fort dix delaware i don't know anyway that makes sense on a people maryland, delaware, met pa yeah, yeah there and i've got a great picture up front with all of us with the irreverent warriors flag but yeah harris harrisburg and we went to the one in uh, there in Gettysburg, um, Battlefield Brewing in Gettysburg. Okay, I have to um, look them up. Yeah, that's really cool because it's in a an old farmhouse that was used as a hospital oh, wow. during the Gettysburg Battle of Gettysburg. That's haunted. It's still I'm just throw it's out haunted, there. It's and, there's, be. and there's still blood Whoa. in the floorboards. Yeah, Soaked it's crazy. In the wood and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great brewery, um, Rally Point, which is another veteran-owned brewery. I I don't remember. It was somewhere near Gettysburg. Okay. I know I probably drove about an hour from the Gettysburg area. Yeah. Um, then I went to, later I went to Pittsburgh. I went to Southern Tier. And one of the ones I didn't count in the 365 is called Brew Dogs. Okay. Which is a a chain of breweries uh, out of Scotland. Very interesting. Yeah. Like if you ever want to start a business, read their book. So they started a brewery with no money. Of their own. Yeah. They, to this day, they've never borrowed a, a dime. Their whole thing was, beer is a great commodity. So I'll, they set up, and now it's a much more intricate thing, but in the beginning it was, you give me $1,000 cash, yeah. I'll give you back $2,000 retail in beer and merchandise and whatever, but I, it's $2,000 retail, it's 500 bucks. My cost. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're loan basically loaning me a thousand dollars to start my business, and instead of giving you a thousand dollars back plus interest, like they'd have to do with a bank, they're giving you five hundred dollars real money. Yeah, and you're getting double your money, and they have all these tiers now. That's brilliant. You can get in for twenty five bucks or ten thousand bucks, or you know, there's all these tiers, and uh, they call it crowdfunding. And now there's tons of breweries around the country doing it. They're copying that, yeah. Because it's successful, yeah. Yeah, they, the, one of the two is two friends, and they, they wrote a, one of them wrote a book about it. And the whole thing is come up with a mission statement and don't have the word money in it at all. At all, yeah. If you start a business to make money, you it's going to fail. Just throw your money in the right. toilet and go away. Yeah. Um, you've got you've to have a passion about something. You've got to be fighting to for something, not money. Because you're never well, I believe that 100%. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So anyway, I went to Brewdog in, in Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, Southern Tier was cool because I met a bunch of people from Irreverent Warriors for 
the Fourth of July fireworks over Lions State. What's a Pittsburgh Steelers stadium? Uh, it used to be Heinz uh, Heinz Field. Heinz Field. I, I forget what they call it now, but uh, yeah. yeah, I think it was still for Heinz Field too. Yeah, with the big catch up bottle yeah. and everything. Yeah. But that was cool to see over the river. Oh, it's probably awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool fireworks. Pittsburgh's a cool place. place. I've only been there once, but uh, yeah. So those were the, the Pennsylvania. Okay, uh, and then uh, so yeah, Pennsylvania ones for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Go support them. And yeah. now, uh, you know, your last stop. What was that? Young was veterans. That? Young veterans. Young okay. veterans brewing. Where's that? At? In um, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Okay. So Virginia was I I I started the trip in Maine, and then came down the East Coast. And then kind of just did a U-turn or, or a turn up uh, right at Virginia and went up to the northern half of the country and went west. Okay. Uh, that way. So coming back, Virginia ended up being the last state. And young veterans, I said, that's perfect. Like it's a couple, I yeah. think it's three veterans that started it. And they knew each other in, I want to say Afghanistan. And then realized they, they lived near each other back home too. Small world again, yeah. yeah and then and then they said, hey, and they, I think they were making beer in Afghanistan. And the story is that they were sitting on a hill, and they came up with their whole business plan and their whole everything sitting wow. on a hill in Afghanistan, and launched it, and it, and it was really cool. So when I went there, empty. I'm like, Uh-oh. this yeah. isn't how I pictured. My three hundred sixty fifth, the last story. stop. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy of grandeur, and I, I have to dial myself back a lot. And I pictured like a bunch of family and friends fly, either flying in or driving down, and yeah, like okay, yeah, a yeah, big right. fanfare. And at that point in the trip, I, I was like, I don't want that. Yeah, but I wanted a full brew. Like, right? Yeah, you, you people, know, you wanted people that, to be there. like. And it was a Sunday, and I'm like, oh. The, the bartender, I was like, do people come? <laughs> Where's everybody? She goes, yeah, there'll be a bunch of regulars here soon. And it never filled up, but it was like six regulars. And they were amazing, and it couldn't have worked out better. I didn't, you know, they bought all my beers, and uh, we took some really cool pictures. A guy gave me, bought $300, I think, worth of gift cards to the brewery yeah. to, to give me. He goes, if you're doing a raffle or you're doing anything to raise money, just be here. And ended up, I gave them to, I mailed them to the coordinator of the Virginia Beach Silkies hike. Okay, yeah. And they raffled them off. That's awesome. And, yeah. Uh, so it was really cool. And it was, it was bittersweet. It was really, um, I was, I was mentally done at this point. Two years, right? Two years I mean, and four months living in a camper. I was ready to stop. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> I wasn't ready to end the trip. Like that trip breathed life into me. That trip made me a whole different person. That trip like changed my life. And so to have it end was like shit. <laughs> yeah, because it probably this is just my take. It probably started out as as going around for the for the craft beer. Yeah. But the trip probably at the end is you know you realize no, it's more about the experience, more about the people you met, right? Yeah. The connections you made. I, I I met so many people. I met celebrities. I met. I could sit here and talk to you for th- five more hours about the cool yeah. shit that happened, and not to brag, but it was cool shit. Well, so I gotta ask you, like, who? So who were some of the the people you had met, or you know, yeah, some of the experiences you had that were like you didn't expect. Um. So I made a little detour in Iowa. I, well, in Michigan. 
I was supposed to go to the Dakotas first and then Iowa. Well, they were, they were playing that first Field of Dreams baseball game. And I said, I want to be in – I probably can't afford the tickets, a ticket, but I want to be in the area. So I went to Dyersville, and they have a one brewery. And um, I became really good friends with the owner, and I, I went there. I stayed like four days. Yeah. Because I wanted to be there for the – I was at, oh, watch the game in the brewery. And uh, I got sucked into that, like, no, like, this little town of like two thousand people. Now that they're the world stage as far as the sports world goes, right? Uh, All like MLB base, uh, MLB TV was there, ESPN was there, like all these people were there to 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 do this. It became this huge deal. And the funny part is, most of the people I talked to had just forgot that there was the movie set. Yeah, right down the street. Right, right there, right. it was like nothing to the, like. They grew up with it. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, now they were like so sitting in the brewery, while with MLB TV on all the TVs, and watching these workers and even the the patrons that were from there, looking at these TVs, go, "Oh my god, this is us! Like this is yeah. our town, and this yeah. is so cool." So then, um, it was really funny. They uh, they, they made T-shirts as if you brew it. They will come. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, okay. t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. And people coming in and buying tons of them. I, I think I bought six. That's great. And yeah. um, so, uh, but they wanted to exploit every. So they stayed. They were open nine in the morning till midnight. Every, yeah, every day. Yeah. Take advantage, right? You, and yeah. they served. So their food was pizzas. They had a brick oven pizza thing. Nice. Yeah. So they made that. breakfast pizzas. <laughs> Whoa, breakfast pizza, bacon or oh, it was ba- it was. Bacon and eggs. They put eggs on the pizza. It oh, was wow. So good. Yeah. I didn't, at first I'm like, uh. Yeah, a little leery. Like, hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so one of the days I was, go, I said, I'll go, I'll come in for breakfast. I'll get this whole experience. And uh, I'm walking in one day and there's a guy pulling all this like camera equipment out of his trunk of his car. And he's dressed in a suit. And it didn't take long to realize he's a news guy. Right. Yeah. And I said, you need any help? He says, oh, just get the door f- for me. And we get talking. It ends up he's there to interview Tom, the owner of the brewery. Uh, the brewery is Textile Brewing okay. in Dyersville, and, which has a whole history, cool history in itself. But uh, in, about what it's like, like having all these people now in town and like being a business owner. And it was a, he was the, the morning news guy. So um, he goes, are you, are you local? And I said, no. And I, I really quickly <laughs> yeah. explained what I was doing. So he interviews Tom, and I'm sitting there eating my breakfast pizza, and he comes over and he says, hey, can I interview you? Yeah. I'm like, why? He's got a cool story. You got a story, right. Yeah. And it would be cool to, to interview somebody like from the outside looking Perspective, in. yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, so he interviewed me. I was on the news the next day. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so then uh, they, they, only, <laughs> they only showed a little of Tom and then a lot of me. Really? And I was like, oh, oh Tom's no. going to hate me. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I go in the next Stole day. spotlight, yeah, yeah. And – Tom goes, hey, you got a lot of coverage. I go, yeah, are you pissed? No, he goes, that's like the 40th one I've done this week. He oh, says, yeah, yeah. He goes, so he's nothing. fed up with it. Whatever. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. So uh, he goes, I have a treat for you tonight. He goes, are you going to be here tonight? He goes, a friend of mine is is coming in, and I think you'd really get a kick out of meeting him. All right. So I get there that night, and I'm sitting there, and, and the place packs. It was packed there just because there's so many people in town, and not many restaurants or not many things so yeah back and the locals were getting into this they were loving this whole thing so uh finally tom comes up to me he says do you recognize the guy coming in the door 
look. And as he got closer, I'm like, oh, shit. It was <laughs> Dwyer Brown, who's the actor that plays um, John Kinsella. So Kevin Costner's dad. Yes. And they play catch at the, at, oh, at the end of wow. the movie. He's the guy that played that character. And he's coming in the door. He's coming in the door, and he come, goes over to Tom, shakes his hand. Yeah. And he says, hey, Dwyer, this is the guy I was telling you about. I'm like you were telling talking to him about yeah, me for yeah. my fa- one of my favorite movies, Jeez. like one of the I, I wow. feel like such an important character of the yeah. movie, right? Yeah. And he sits down. And we start drinking beer, and I have to sit there keep pinching so myself. Cool. Like I'm drinking beer with Ray. Like want to yeah. play catch? Yeah, yeah, right, right. And uh, and what was interesting was he never did anything after that. He was a one hit wonder. He never. Yeah. That and was it, right. um, so when people talk to him, they talk about the movie and what his role meant. Because like you can psychoanalyze movies all day. Like that was a very very for a five minute piece of a movie so powerful. So he says, you know, I've spent forty years now or whatever talking to people about what that meant to them. And he goes, "What's your take?" And we talked about it. And he, I'm like, "That's so cool. That is <laughs> so cool. Crazy. Yeah, that's crazy." So there was that, wow. and then one of the some other cool things. You know, I I went to my first rodeo and I got hooked. Yeah. And then I almost got killed. Why? Why? Uh, later, because I got, I got into rodeo and in, I could talk about that forever in Wickenburg, Arizona, and I met these really cool people. And Wickenburg is by far like if it didn't get four hundred degrees in the summer, I'd move there. Oh dang! Wow. In it's the hot. winter, it's perfect. Yeah. I, I was there in the winter, free camping, great town. Everybody's like cowboys, but they're all like fifties cowboys. Like okay. They're, like they're legit. Very political, uh, polite. Very like everything. Yeah. Cowboy fights in the bars every night. Yeah, like how you picture it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so these people taught, taught me about rodeo, and they taught me about this. So then there was this old couple that was running, that were the ranch hands of this ranch up the street. And I said, oh, we're going to get up and do, we're going to brand cows tomorrow. I'm like, really? Can yeah. I, can I watch? And I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, why do you want to like, watch? They're thinking, this is our job. Like, yeah, they do it all the time. Yeah. Right? It's I'm nothing. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm into like doing things that not many people have done. Something different. Yeah. So I went. And I, I actually had helped brand these cows. It was a lot more violent than I expected yeah. it to be. It was pretty crazy. So It's what, not a good day for the cow. No, I believe it. Yeah, they're probably a little sore. Yeah, they're No, they, they, they rope them, right? So in rodeo, there's this thing called team roping, where it's two people on horseback, and they let the ca- uh, a calf out. And one gets its head, and then one gets its hind legs. And the whole thing is that's and every when you brand a cow, that's what you do, and you get them on the ground. And then and they're, they're screaming, "Well, you brand them!" Whew. And then a guy comes up with a pocket knife and cuts his balls off. No shit. I and didn't then they that. let him go, and I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> that shit. sucks!" And, Whoa. Then, and this thing's screaming yeah. and yelling, and it's oh it's violent. God. Like, and it it was. But I had a blast, and I, I branded a bunch of cows, and I, yeah. I, I, I did a bunch oh, of stuff. Excuse me. Well, then the ranch is like a dude ranch, right? Okay. So you can pay money and go be a cowboy for a weekend or a week or whatever. Yeah. But they have a big outdoor like concert venue, and they do a, a one concert a year, and it's like this country music. They call it the Festival in the Desert, Party in the Desert, whatever. But it's a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it's not huge names, but it's not, you know, every name. And, but one of the big names was Lainey Wilson, who's now the big, uh, yeah. huge, but huge. she wasn't then. Okay. Um, and I think she was just becoming famous then. Anyway, long story short, the, one of the acts was, was Merle Haggard's sons. So he has a bunch of kids, but he has a son, uh, 
bookend sons, right? So one's his oldest and one's his youngest. Yeah. And the difference is 30 years Whoa. between them. Holy shit. So the one that's the <laughs> oldest looks just like him. Okay. And the one that's the youngest sounds just like him. Oh, wow. So they're a music duo, and they go around the country playing. So I became friends with the guy that owned the ranch and was putting on the show. And I got to meet everybody. Well, not only did I get to meet Noel Haggard, who looks just like his dad. Yeah. I fucking got hammered with him. And like, because <laughs> I, I might, they, they let me um, camp on his property and I had to walk like 200 feet <laughs> to my wow. camper. They can't be that. So I sat yeah. there with Merle Haggard's son, Noel, wow. and just drank beer. So that was like what experience. insane. And then the guy that owned the ranch, we were sitting around the campfire and he says, we were talking about who who would you meet? Like, okay, you met him. I I wish I had met Lanny Wilson, but I didn't. I met Tracy Bird. I met a, a few of them. And I said, you know, the guy I really want to meet is Ted Nugent. Oh, okay. And the reason is uh, number one, I love his music. And but the thing with Ted Nugent was when I got out of the military, I was lost, just yeah. like most people are. And I was playing in a poker game up in Maine. And I hadn't even left the state yet from being, getting out. And this guy was light with the pot. He, he, could, he, he had great cars, but he didn't have money. Yeah. So he, he says, hey, what if I put this boat, like my bow? So I won a bow in a poker game. Nice. Yeah. And I really didn't know what to do with it. But I said, okay, I'll get some books, and I'll figure it out. So I got a book called Blood Trails 101. And it was written by Ted Nugent, and it was literally bow hunting 101. All right. This is where you put the arrow. This is this is the bow. This is the like yeah kindergarten basics basics. And I read it, and then half the book was that, and half was like really getting into the wilderness and getting one with nature and and the and the spirit of the wild. He calls it. And when I first read it, I was like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> and he's trying to sell books, but then I got out there. Yeah, and I walked through the woods for seven years and never shot a deer. Because I was doing almost everything else wrong. But I was doing the bow hunting stuff right, but I just never got an opportunity. But I was in... The reason I didn't care and really didn't try to get more into the, taking an animal was yeah. I was submerged. I was immersed into the spirit of the wild. And it was exactly what I needed. And it was my therapy. Still to this day, I get out into the woods and it's like going to church You're one with nature, whatever. yeah. Yeah. And so... I can't say like it was a cure, but it was really it helped. Yeah, and I said, you know, I'd love to meet him just to shake his hand and say, hey, thanks for that. Yeah, book. this had an impact That's on cool. me. Yeah, yeah. So, a bunch of months go by, and I'm in Oklahoma, and a place called Freedom, Oklahoma, which was the cool one of the cooler places I went. Going to a rodeo, and and the guy from the ranch calls me up. And he says, you still want to meet Ted Nugent? <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. And he goes, well, I know a guy that knows somebody, and I think we can figure it out. He says, are you, are you anywhere near Texas? I said, I'm right above it. He says, can you be in Fredericksburg in like a week? I said, yeah, it's I think eight hours from here. I'll, oh, I'll yeah, it's no problem. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'll set it up. Oh, my God. So as soon as I hung up the phone, I was like, ah, shit. What if he's a dick? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right? It's like everything you had to build up for. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he's yeah. he is a certain mentality you know he's right. no nonsense oh, yeah. and yeah. it's his way or no way and, and all that so what if he's a dick so for the week whatever it was you know the timetable i'm like uh maybe i shouldn't do this and all so i go and i'm nervous as hell and we're in this back room 
of this podunk little concert venue. And a bunch of people were there that had paid like to meet him. And he walks in and he just takes over a room. Yeah. He's Ted effing personality, effing right. Rigid, yeah. right. And we get talking and he right off the bat, he was cool. He started asking people like, Hey, what are you about? And I'm like, that's not the te-. like to me, Ted doesn't give a shit about anybody. Right. About Ted, yeah, right? but himself. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, he gets to me and I and I tell him the story. And he says, uh, he yells at one of his people. Right. He says, get me a coin. And I'm sitting there and I didn't even think of it. And he comes over to me. Yeah. And I stand up and I'm brim to brim. Yeah. Staring him right in the eyes. Right in yeah. his, his eyes. And he's, so do you know what a challenge coin is? Yes. I've, yep. Okay. Yep. So he's yeah. got my hand and I feel the coin in it. So I, so you I know. feel it's a challenge coin. And I'm like, I'm holding the hand of the, the hand that made some of the greatest rock guitar riffs of all time, right? Yeah. And I'm staring into his eyes, and he's telling me how proud he is of my service, and you know, all this that, and, and he had like this giving me this like really raw raw speech, right? But he's like so intense, yeah, in my eyes, and I'm like. I don't know whether to cry, wet my pants, <laughs> what, what's like, your, right, right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to do. You're ecstatic. Like what? The, yeah, and, uh, yeah. And he exactly, hands me this yeah. coin, and th- and that's one of the things I. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I a, thought that was a challenge coin. You put a, it down. It's a Ted Nugent. Do you mind if I? Oh, good. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a Ted Nugent challenge coin. So, dude, you know, that's crazy. And then uh, <laughs> he sat down and pulled out a guitar and jammed, and like that's it awesome. was a, it was just a great experience. And then yeah, when everybody left, he kind of tugged on me. He says, "Hey, hold on, we." We talked for another five minutes or so. Wow. And I'm like, well, he's not a dick. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked, it out, worked and out. And it worked out so much better. Yeah. And like to to think, like, do I think he's going to think about this an hour later? No. But to think that I got to tell him and tell the story was, was cool enough for me. Right. So that was that was one of the... And he took the time. You he know, took the time, and, and yeah. he was a cool guy. And I like that, you know, because I've met a lot of celebrities, and there a lot of them were... <laughs> Yeah, but thank God on this on this trip I met a bunch of celebrities and they worked out. Yeah, they were cool. Yeah, I got one of the cooler things I did was uh, I kept bugging. Have you ever watched Ink Master? Yes. So um, Oliver Peck, one of the judges, yes, who have now who's now been uh, canceled. (laughs) Like if you go on YouTube and bring up, you can't find it. Can't no, they block him out of the show. You hear his voice, but they won't pan like they don't show any video of him anymore because he wore uh, blackface. Whatever, but I got I kept bugging him. I said I want a tattoo from you, and finally somebody got in touch with me. Can you be in Dallas? But oh. and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm literally in Waco right now. Yeah. Oh, geez. So I got two. Tattoos. I was gonna ask you yeah, your tattoos. Right. Wow. Oliver Oliver Peck. Right there. Yeah. So, um, and he was cool. Again, I was like, was what he? if he's a jerk? Right. Right. He's the nicest guy ever. For the listeners, there'll be photos on American Girl Podcast, Instagram, Facebook, um, and I'm sure on your social media handles yeah. as well. I'll share photos with you as well. Certainly, uh, certainly. Definitely. Uh, but let's take a sip break. We'll pick up with Irreverent Warriors. You know, it's a support network. It's a, an organization. I looked a little bit into it, but you know a hell of a lot more than I do, so I want to get your take on it. And how did you, you know, again, get involved, and what was your experience like out in the road? Sure. So the first day I started in my last job, a guy came up to me and says, hey, I heard you're a veteran. He goes, have you ever heard of Irreverent Warriors? I go, no. So he, 
he sent me to the website and then he left and I go on the website and it's a bunch of guys in silkies slapping each other on the ass <laughs> like, what and is like this? act. And I was like, Oh sh- what, what? Yeah. what am I? And I, am I going to get busted by HR for being <laughs> on this, you know, thing? And so anyway, he comes back and he talks to me about it. And he says, yeah, there's a hike in like a month. So this was 2016. And I went to the hike and I'm just like, this is incredible. Like there's something special here. And like I said, I think there was about 300 people there. That is impressive. Yeah, for sure. And it, it started in um, on the beach in Dorchester, near right near South, Southie, South Boston. And the route went through Boston and ended up in uh, what's called Faneuil Hall Marketplace in Boston. So it was a lot of in-city marching. So, yeah. like, it was it was really cool. A lot of exposure, a lot of things. And I met a lot of great people. And we drink beer. We get special permits so we can drink beer. We just have to, you know, it has to be in a koozie or in a cup. You know, okay. Yeah. You can drink beer. And That's I'll, great. Walking through the streets of Boston. And it was, it was just, it was a fun time. And I made a lot of friends. And I said, I want, I want to be part of this. Like, I want to, yeah, I want to, I want to, whatever I can add yeah. to this, I'm in. Yeah. Like, this is cool. And then I think I did, there was another Massachusetts hike. And then I, I, I started getting more involved in it and, and learning more about it. And the mission statement is that they help veterans using camaraderie and humor to improve mental health and prevent veteran suicide. And it's, it, it's that simple. And what I loved is it's not an organization where you pay money and get a, a membership card and right. that's the extent of it. It's not, you don't join, you don't, it's you show up. That's simple. And I think for a lot of veterans, that's what they need, right? Yeah, yeah. Someone to show up, someone to be there. Yeah. yeah. And so then I got hooked. And I did a whole bunch of hikes. And then when I came up with this idea for the trip, I said, what a great platform to be able to promote awareness for them. So it was multi, it was like multifaceted. Obviously, it's all it was on my social media, it's on my T-shirts, it's on my camper. I, I put my logo big on, like on the camper, and I put the big logo of the Reverend Warriors on the camper, so people would see it driving down the road in campgrounds. And then um, uh, Reverend Warriors have these business cards that. Uh, you hand out to people on the hikes, like when they're like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, right. You they're looking at you, like, Instead "What are you of doing?" Stopping yeah. and like having a conversation, yeah. you just give them a card. On my in the two years plus, I passed out. I think two thousand. Dang, holy cards! Cow. And who knows the ripple effects? Of right. That. Oh, for sure. Because I pass sure. them out to everybody, not just veterans. I was just like, "Hey, if you know a veteran, give it to them." Or you're at Thanksgiving dinner and you whatever, give it to a veteran. Whatever starts a conversation. So I did that. I talked to people in breweries about it. I. I that and then i started having like i said i started talking to veterans that i met at some of these hikes or each state i would go in i would get on the if the the state had a hike or multiple hikes yeah i'd get on the facebook page and say i'm coming to town anybody want to get a beer or coffee or chat or so some really cool experiences i had and i and i truly believe like we were talking earlier about fate yes i Early on in the trip, 
I let go, let God. You know, Jesus take the wheel, whatever you want to call it. Right. Yep. I gave up planning things, and I just let God point me in the right direction. And it was, there was no, I would text people and they go, of course you that happened. Yeah. Of course. Like you, you've got this dialed in somehow. That yeah. All these things are happening. So then um, I felt so grateful that I was doing all this cool stuff that it made me more want to help people. A couple of examples are, I told you that the, the Reverend Warriors have this kind of splinter groups, like the Reverend Warriors music. Okay. Now, yeah. I don't play music. I suck at playing instruments, but I think that's why I enjoy music so much is because I can't do it. So right. I appreciate you people appreciate that can. It. Yeah. So there was a guy that I talked to a lot, and all of a sudden he posts, and he, he told me he had this Gibson Les Paul guitar, and it was it's oh, wow. worth a good amount Some of money. money. Yeah. And but that was his therapy, that he was was working out his shit by playing music. And he he posted a post saying his guitar was for sale. And I messaged him. And I said, "What are you doing, dude? That's your yeah. What? That's your what? therapy, right?" And he says, uh, "The courts, this judge said that I can't get my kids on weekends if uh, I don't get a better apartment." Oh Jesus. And, I was, and he says, "I got. I don't have the money to yeah for a down payment." And he says, "I'll be good going forward. I'll be able to pay the monthly, but I don't have the down payment security deposit." So I said, "There's nothing else you can do. Like, whatever you got to sell your guitar." Yeah. He says, uh, "That's the probably the most thing valued really possession. To, you know, it's yeah. a part of him." Yeah. So I said, uh, "All right, I'll buy it." No so shit. You don't yeah. play the guitar. I said, "I'm thinking of learning." Wow. And, yeah. And he says. Good. Well, good. I'll, it will go to somebody, you know, that I know. He knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, he goes, I go, how much do you need? And I knew he was being humble. He says, I'm selling it for $1,000. Yeah. And I knew that was like stupid low. That's low for sure. For sure. And um, and I said, God, thank God. Like somebody would buy this and turn it in a day and make probably six or $7,000. But he needed the money quick. So... <laughs> I Venmo him. He wanted a thousand. I Venmoed him two. Yeah. Because I knew he was being humble. Like I knew he wasn't. Right. I go, dude. I want you to go all in on this or not do anything. Yeah. Do it so you you're doing it right. So I Venmo him the money, and he says, uh, he says, okay, what? Where do I ship it? I said, well, I'll pick it up. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I don't know. I'm not gonna say where he lives, but like, yeah. Uh, I'll be there eventually on this trip. I'll pick it up. Keep it good for me. Oh, right. So he's already got the two grand and he's so, got your guitar. Yeah. So I, so every couple of weeks, he's like, when are you going to pick it? I go, ah, sometime. And that was two years ago. I have no intention of Dude, that's awesome. I, Holy I never, cow. I never had an intention. Of you it. never did? No, because it, wow. wh- why am I going to take away yeah. his therapy thing? Like, yeah. I just knew the guy needed to get it, you know, do something to be able to see his kids. Like, yeah. that's a tough that's he was going to sell his prized possession. Right. Like his kids mean more, which. For sure. I know a lot of people that maybe that wouldn't be the case. So I, I, yeah. I love this guy for, for, for doing that. Wow. And I, every once in a while I talk to him, I say, yeah, I'll get around to getting it. Yeah. Yeah. I think by now he knows. He knows. He knows. Right. Yeah. Right. So there was that wow. in, instance that I feel, again, it got put in front of me and I was able to step up and do it. And then another case where a guy was asking for money 
He was in Florida going to get these treatments at a VA center in Florida okay. for a, he had a traumatic brain injury from, I don't know if Af- Afghanistan or Iraq. But, and this VA in Florida was the only place doing these this treatment. And he was having to stay in a hotel while he was getting the treatments. Yeah, not cheap. No. Yeah. And so he was like, hey, could anybody help me out? You know, I just need, I need three more nights in a hotel. So I got in touch with him, and I, and I said, yeah. And I didn't realize how hard it would be. You can't just call a hotel and say, here's my credit card. Some other dude's going to come. No. 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 Yeah. You have to file paper. Like, you have to fill out all this paperwork. Jeez. Oh, and the, the funny story behind it. So he, yeah. I had vetted him out. Like, I didn't just, like. <laughs> right. Because I didn't know this guy. Okay. So I had contacted some people and found out the guy was up and up. So I spent half a day figuring out this paperwork and sending it back and all this. Right. Ridiculous. And uh, he calls me up later. He says, um, I can't stay here. No. And I'm like, dude, what? He says, nah. Like, because I was trying to do it cheap. Not because I wanted to save money, but I, I didn't want, I don't know. But it wasn't a, the Four Seasons, but it wasn't yeah. Motel 6. Right? right, right. Yeah, in between, right. But he says, uh, and I go, in the back of my mind, I'm like, are you really, like, not going to take this hotel because it's not? Because he was staying in a pretty expensive one. Says, no, dude, because I got some severe lung damage, and this place is very, very musty. Oh, and, like, geez. has mold and, like, I, I, I could die. Like, yeah, I can't do it, it. It'll affect him for sure, his health, yeah. So I, I couldn't get a refund, so I had to get another hotel. Jeez. Oh, so then... So then that hotel says he had a service dog. Won't take dogs. Oh my God. Say, so I called the place and I said, I'm going to sue you. Yeah. I said, you have it's to service, take a service dog. dog. Yeah, you got to. You can go and, and play with service dogs. Yeah. So fi- finally they gave in. So <laughs> I got this guy's hotel room. Yeah. And um, he got the treatment he needed and, he, and he, he texts me all the time. Yeah. Saying, dude, he just started his own business. That's great. And he's off and running. He, 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 lives, he lives with his sister and he's getting his shit together. Like, that's I'm gonna go to my grave knowing like, hey, I gave this guy a leg up. Yeah, you had some pretty big impact. Yeah, and I'm and I'm not saying any of this to to like, none of this is to make me look better. I'm just hopefully uh, by me telling these stories, people people will be inspired. Yeah, and realize that for every dollar I I I gave, like the joy and the the reward and the happiness that I have. Yeah, can't be you know, and then money can't no. And then I swear, like, after each of these times was when some of these great things happened. Happened, Yeah. It was nuts. So then the big one, though, like the one that I'll I'll hang my hat on for this trip was I was in a town for a a hike. Now, these hikes kick my ass because I'm old. And it's a there's a pre-party the night before. Oh, well, that. And it's all post 9-11 people. Yeah. Right, so they're young. They're young, right? You're setting up the fail right there. We party till two, three in the morning, <laughs> yeah. and then the hike starts at eight. Okay. Oh, jeez, Paul. So we do that, and then we <laughs> do the hike nine nine miles, which is you know for a guy like me is a lot. It's it's like that's, that's a hike. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I'm with you. And I'm drinking a few beers during that, and then there's yeah. an after party. So come Sunday, I'm toast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I got yeah. ice packs on my knees. I'm, you know, I'm right. So, 
I'm in this, this town and it's Sunday and I had a lot of things to see, a lot of things to do. And one of them was a brunch place that was famous for their Bloody Marys. Like they were, they like whole chickens on the top of these things and hamburgers and they're just crazy gimmicky. Yeah. It was, you know, I wanted to go. So then I had a bunch of things and I was going to end up at this brewery later that night. And I'm not saying the town because I don't want to like this guy kind of swore me to secrecy, which I understand. It's his thing. So anyway, the server at brunch, I get talking to her and she says, well, you better go to this one place first because they're closing early tonight because I got a private event. So I switched all my plans around. I ended up at the brewery right at closing time. And there's nobody in there except one guy way down the end of the bar and the bartender. And I am just, I'm spent. I am cranky. I right. want, I want my bed, and that's it. And but I had, I really wanted to go to this brewery because it was it was a pretty special one on my list. So I'm sitting there and I'm wearing this shirt. I, I would wear this shirt in all the breweries, and I'm like, please God, don't let this guy down at the end of the bar talk to me. Yeah. I never felt that way. I'm the guy always talking to other people. You were people. just in a mood from his I long day. And, yeah, yeah, you're spent, right. And sure enough, the guy was like, hey, that's a nice shirt. Fuck. <laughs> but that's the whole point, right? You know, It was. Yeah, and I couldn't yeah. be mad at it. And it right. So, yeah. Anyway. But yeah. So he's just hammered. And he comes down. He's a younger guy. He comes down and he sits next to me. And he was one of those annoying drunk guys that, was all over, you know, yeah, didn't know his personal space. On you. I can picture it. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, God. <laughs> so I, he asked me about the shirt. I tell him about what I'm doing. He asked me about Irreverent Warriors. And I tell him, and his whole demeanor changed. And he starts bawling. I'm like, holy Whoa. shit. Yeah. What's going on there? And he says, uh, is it for all veterans? I'm like, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I know. You're a veteran or not a veteran. Right. And again, he's bawling uncontrollably. He goes, what about veterans in trouble? And I said, it's especially for veterans in trouble. Yeah. Why? What's, what's going on? And he explains to me, he says, I'm on the run. I'm from Indian, Indianapolis. Okay. Yeah. I'm making up a town. And he says, uh, I'm here hiding because my girlfriend – my girlfriend moved in with me, and then I realized she just wanted the apartment, and she called the cops on me. What? And made up a bullshit story. But it's a story that I've heard a hundred times. Yeah. Girlfriend calls the cops. He's a veteran. He's scary. He's ang- He's got anger issues. He's got PTSD, and he owns guns. So he took off and ended up where I was. And he says, uh, yeah, I'm staying in the veterans sh- local veterans shelter. Well, that threw up a red flag because you can't you have to be sober. To, oh, you can't be drunk. To, you can't even that. have alcohol in your breath to get into most of the veterans shelters. So, so is he lying? Or no. Um, no. So the red flag was he's not intended. You know, I go, So what how are you getting in there tonight? Yeah. And he says, I'm I'm not. He says, I'm here to get drunk enough to kill myself. Wow, and the 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 bartender, I don't mean to laugh, but the bartender's like, "I'll be in the back." 
She's so like, yeah, yeah, goes, you need your I'm time. A, yeah. I'm going to lock the door. Just don't let anybody in, but you guys can stay as long as you want. Wow. Good for and, her. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a guy. Or for him. Yeah. yeah, sorry. yeah, and, uh, yeah. So I, I just talked to him. And, I, and we, t- we talked it out. And I said, okay, listen, I'm, a, I'm not from here, but I, I know people here now. Let me contact them and let's see what we can do. And through that network, right, through the I, Irreverent Warrior Network, we got some people come down. One guy let him stay in his house that night. Another guy drove him yeah. back to where he was in trouble. And then I knew uh, a lawyer back in that state yeah. that I just happened to meet on this trip. Wow. And I called him up and I said, hey, this guy, can you help me? He really can't be alone. Yeah. Like, can we walk him through the and make sure he's okay? And I said, well, you know, whatever you need money-wise, I'll do it. Of course, I'll do it for free. So he stayed at the guy's house. The, the other guy drove him back to his home state. Met my buddy, you know, my friend. They brought him to the police station, and there was no charges. They, the cops had shown up and said, "There's no crime." He's okay. You're scared. Leave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's get not out, here. Get out of the situation. Get yeah. out. Yeah. And so there's nothing. So then he he moved to another state and in, in with family and texted me wow. once a week for the longest time. Yeah. Saying, Dude, I'm alive because because of you. Because of me, and not again, like fate, God. Yeah. I was I was supposed to be in that brewery four hours prior. Yeah, but but you showed it was up a private at event, that exact moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah private and event, it, right? And it happened. And so every dime I've spent on that trip, which was a lot, every shitty moment, every scared moment, everything was to me it was all it was worth, worth it because I be there for that one guy. Yeah, and there was a lot more that you know there was more things. That, that I help, I feel like I sent ripples out. Yes. Um, oh, for sure. Making aware of it, but that alone, like, yeah. to me is is the crowning jewel of that trip. And you know, this guy's got it. Got help, and every once in a while, I see him pop up on on the Facebook page of a yeah. Uh, Irreverent well, that's great. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? He's been yeah. involved now. Good. Good. So yeah. like that was just really cool. That is. I mean, when, yeah. when when you, you know, Venmoed the the $2000, never went to get the guitar. You'll get it one day, right? And then paid for the hotel rooms twice, you know, helped help that gentleman so he could get, you know, what he needed done. I'm like, "How are you going to beat this?" But you literally, I mean, he, he was there to drink like you said and end his life that night. Yeah. And he was just stalling. I'm sure it was just going to be at closing time, right? So that to me, like God just put me in that place oh, for sure and like every day when i would get in my truck i would say a prayer saying hey keep me safe have me have fun yeah learn something i always want to learn something every day have me learn something and if i can help somebody put them in my path and i helped a lot of people with i carried a, a gas can for my own purpose okay in the back of my pickup yep because I didn't know half this be country. Be prepared, right? Be prepared. I didn't yeah. want to run out of gas. In the yeah, right. Of yeah. Uh, and I, probably 30 or 40 times, I don't know. Somebody's pulled over the side of the road out of gas. I'd pull up and give them four gallons of yeah. gas, and they, they'd be all set. So, like, just little things like that were, were really cool. And then people helped me. You know, I, there was a lot. I told you early on, I didn't know how to hook up a camera. I didn't right. know how to do this. I did a lot of these things, and people helped me. Yeah. So, you know, it was – the biggest one was not too – well, I guess far from here, but near 
where Pittsburgh and West Virginia and Ohio all kind of like meet. I was about to go over this bridge, and the guy in front of me is like beeping and pointing. And it ends up that the bridge. Clearance. Yeah, there was no sign, but then I looked, and I was like, oh, shit, Whoa, this looks pretty. taking the whole top off, bro. Uh, yeah, and so I, I did a U-turn and got out of there. So people were looking out for me, too. Yeah. And I had some scary, lots of scary moments, but I think going through them, like I, I overcame a lot of fears. I'm terrified of heights. Really? Yeah. I did a whole bunch of height things that I don't know if I ever would have done, like, except being on that trip put me in a mindset to, like, just do it. Do it, yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a gentleman on the podcast. Uh, it'll be the episode before yours, and he said, you just got to hit the fuck it button. Yeah. You know, just let's go. Let's just do it. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you got to think a little bit, but then it's over a lot of times before you even know it, right? You do it, and you're like, oh, that wasn't that that bad. The heights thing, though, like, really – Cause I, you know, I went to the Grand Canyon. I went out on that like skywalk. Oh yeah, nuts! <laughs> I went up some pretty crazy trails in Zion National Park in Utah. It's all over the place. It's just, it's just crazy with some of the stuff I did. And then when you're by yourself, there's a lot of things that appear scary. Yeah, because you're alone and you're in a weird environment. Environment is dark. Um, a real funny story was I was in Dodge City, Kansas. And I had met a guy that reminded me a lot of when I heard your, the podcast with Damien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reminded me a lot of him. He he opened a coffee shop in in uh, in Dodge City, and for the purpose of having a place where people could come and gather and, and worship. Wow, really? Yeah, and Holy the coffee cow. is like kind of the side thing, and it's a business Secondary, for him, but yeah. it's for that. Well, he was telling me he says, you know, Dodge City looks like it's so wholesome, like. They do these frontier days where they bring longhorn steers through the center of town. And oh, jeez. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. It, but and it's the old Wild West. He says, well, what made this a perfect cow town was the, the crossroads, right? Like, you could get anywhere from here. Well, now the Mexican drug cartels are using them. Oh, jeez. He says, so don't, you know, be careful. And you had no, no real idea, obviously, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... That night, after he tells me this, I'm camping on this free, are you free campground? I was gonna say, uh, real quick. Are you carrying, or I guess you can't, no, right? Because you're going through all the states. Yeah, no, I can't carry. Oh shit! So, it's pitch black. Like, I'm next to this pond. Yeah. And I'd been there a few days and never seen a soul. So, like one in the morning, I get woken up by light headlights and car. Oh, but it's a you know coming in. Yeah. And. Both doors open and close, and two guys start talking to each other in Spanish. Oh, great. So yeah. I start freaking out. Oh, heck yeah. And then the trunk opens. And what like, are they getting out of the they're trunk? They're throwing a body in this pond. No. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Right. Oh, yeah. Right? Makes sense. Right. And I'm going crazy. I'm yeah. like, and like, there's nobody for miles. Yeah. So they're going to get rid of the only possible witness. They're going to come yeah, over and come over to shoot the me up. Yeah, yeah. So I remember I sat there with a flashlight off in one hand yeah, and a can of bear spray, bear mints in the other. Oh, damn. <laughs> getting ready. Yeah. And then I'm like crouched down behind my stove in case they just shoot. Like, right, right. I'm thinking all sorts of crazy yeah. things. Yeah. So I wake up hours later with a can of bear spray Still in my hand on. and the flashlight, right? Yeah. And the sun's up. And I kind of peek out my door. And there's this, you know. I don't know, Spanish speaking family 
little kids running around. They, they just set up their tent in the middle of the night. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's all it was. That's all it was. Oh but, you know, God. you make up yeah. crazy stories in your head. Why would they when be you're... out at that time? Holy shit. I don't know. They just pulled in and wow. set up a tent. And I'd never heard. The kids were asleep, right? I oh, guess, yeah. Right. Because I didn't hear yeah. kids. Yeah. I just heard two guys talking to each other in Spanish. And if that guy hadn't told me that story that day, I wouldn't have thought twice. twice. But he put it in my head. Yeah. And maybe, that is maybe funny. freak out. And, you know, there was... There was a few other times where I was out in the middle of nowhere where I'm like, this this isn't good. <laughs> wow. Yeah, for, oh, for sure, for sure. Um, I just want to shout out to, again, since we mentioned him, uh, Damian Vargas, that's episode 50 for all the listeners. And if you're new to the American Girl Podcast, appreciate it. You know, highly recommend, you know, t- listen to all the episodes because everyone has a story. But I wanted to talk about how uh, Reverend Warriors, how can people support and, and donate? And then the hikes, are they just for – Veterans and service members are open to everybody. Um, they're just open to veterans. Okay. okay. Or current, you know, current yeah. military. Um, but if you want to get involved with the hikes, yes, we take civilian volunteers that you don't have to be military or a veteran. Okay. So the volunteers like, or all support, like we do a lunch. So they put, put the lunch out at the, whatever the location is. Um, we have pickup trucks, or cars that kind of go along with the route with waters and Gatorades and yep. snacks. Yeah. And the volunteers help with that. The volunteers help if you're medically, you know, if you're a nurse or a doctor or a EMT or fire, whatever, we need, you know, <laughs> yeah, people fall out once in a while or whatever. Right. We need that. So you can get involved that way. Um, if you go to irreverentwarriors.com, all of the hikes are there on a map. Like you can, and like I said, I think there's about 108 of them now. Um, I know there's one in Gettysburg. I don't know. There's one in Pittsburgh. Other than that, I don't know the other uh, Pennsylvania ones. But you can go in there for the hikes. Also on that website is a donate button that if you want to donate money, you can do that. Or just spread the word. If you find, you know, you're talking with a veteran, mention the Reverend Warriors. Write down the website or something. That word of mouth, I think, is the is a good it's huge good way. But yeah, we can always use money because we're, we're we are a we the Reverend Warriors is a nonprofit, and so um, all the money, we, everything is donated. So the hikes cost five bucks for veterans. So like they're not making money doing that. So and because we didn't, the, the Reverend Warriors doesn't want to make it so that anybody is excluded. Like you can even like when I when I there's a way to when you pay for your hike to pay for more hikes. So okay. I always buy three. And so two people that, that can't afford the five bucks yeah. um, can go. The hikes used to be 13 miles because every, everything used to be 22 based on the number 22 because the 22 veterans yeah. kill themselves a day. And that's a real number. Like people, one of the big questions I get from people that aren't really familiar with, with the whole thing is that can't be, that'd be thousands of people. Yeah. It's it thousands. Is. Yeah. More people a, a, a year ago, the number of post 9-11 veterans that killed themselves exceeded the number of deaths in in the Afghanistan and, and Iraq wars. Wow. So that should say, that says a lot, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, it is real. So it used to be 13 kilometers. You used to have to carry 13 kilograms of stuff on your back. Okay. It worked out to be a 12-pack. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. You know, and it was it was really but then the whole thing was, hey, we need to make it more inclusive. So the hikes are now 6 to 9 miles and then they the pace is the slowest person kind of does the pace. Okay. So that way everyone's together. It's not everybody's like together yeah. and every hike I've been on there's at least one person in a wheelchair that Yeah. You know, if we come to stairs, people pick them up. Pick them up. Wow. Or comes up like big hills we throw them in the pickup truck or something yeah we figure it out but it's not exclusive you know if you're a veteran and you want to go on the hike make it work it will happen so how can our listeners you know not only connect with you but also um irreverent warriors how can they follow along on your journey and connect with them so my instagram is tapping underscore into underscore america and that's really all I, I post on my personal Facebook, but that's kind of for my friends and family. But that Instagram is where all my everything lives. So if you want to go, I think I have almost a thousand posts now yeah. from all the cool stuff I did. Like if you want to, even if, if you're looking, hey, I'm going to this state and I'm looking for a good brewery, there'll be at least seven per state. Nice, on right? There yeah. That you can look up and just, you know, go in there and, and I, I'm continuing posting. What I'm doing now is I'm in New Jersey staying at an Airbnb writing a book about the trip. Oh, wow. And it's literally just a, this is what happened. And the hope is that I put the book out and it inspires people to. I'd love to have you back on. stuff. Yeah, yeah. When, when the book comes out. So that's what I was going to ask. Where, like, where'd you come from to, uh, today to get to the studio and where are you going from here too? Yeah, so I'm in, I'm in uh, it's called Brigantine, New Jersey, which is just... 10 minutes south of or north of Atlantic city. And it's a little quiet beach town. And I'm just, I've got a little cool beach house. That I'm right. Writing a book. I'm writing a book. I'm trying to put together a television show and I'm, I haven't, st- well, I wrote the opening scene. I'm, I'm doing a screenplay very loosely based on the trip, but totally fiction. Yeah. I just ca- came up with this cool idea that it could be cool with you know go around it. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. And, uh, yeah. and so I'm writing that, but it's hard. Like I, I'm not a writer, so the go the goal is to get like really basic words on paper and then let some professional take over and and, edit. and with the TV show, I'm just putting together a pitch, and uh, I'm gonna leave it at that just because I don't right. want anybody stealing. The idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's right, a cool for sure. Idea, but anyway, no, so I mean, that's that's what I've got going on. You got now. a lot of irons in the fire. I like yeah, it. Yeah, and I'm and I'm. Uh, you know, the good thing is I, I, you know, not to get too deep into my finances. Everything I do, I can do from a laptop. So I'm good. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I, I'm also thinking I want to get back into the beer, in, like really into the beer industry. My whole idea was I wanted to start a, my own brewery. But I think now maybe I want to just be in the industry for a while. Maybe working for somebody else. Yeah. And see what happens. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. But, for sure. Um, yeah. And that's, that's what, what's going on now. I'm, I'm loving doing these. I, this is my second podcast and I have a few other scheduled and I'm enjoying the podcast because it's another way to get irreverent warriors awareness out there. Get it out. Yeah. People. So what, what was the name of the first one? In case I want to uh, listen first. Oh, oh the podcast you're on. Um, tap room podcast with Mike. Cool. Yeah. Shout out to Mike. Um, yeah. Tap room yeah. Podcast. And that, and that was different that, that I phoned in. 
like a, a, oh it wasn't a person no they have an, an app you can just phone in and, okay i don't know well, i appreciate different. i really appreciate you coming here oh yeah the no, trip. this is a cool experience yeah i was gonna ask like what do you think of it you know, i love it no it's it's in like, a basement you know studio yeah, you know? but it's a but it's it it's works professional it's fun yeah and for me, never, you know, I've never done one in person. This is this is a cool Yeah, I really appreciate experience. it. Yeah. yeah, it was about a three, two and a half hour drive. Not bad. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I came. This is fun. Uh, before we close out, is there anything else that you'd like the listeners to know? Yeah, I'd, I'd just say to veterans, if you're hurting, reach out to somebody. If you're struggling, reach out to somebody. If you're not, if you're... Pr- Get involved, join a join a group, or show up at a at a group like Irreverent Warriors. There's others. Uh, another group I I I've been trying to get involved with is merging vets and players. It's called MVP. It's um it's a bunch of ex uh, professional sports figures <clears throat> who realize that their struggles after taking the uniform off are very similar to a, a military person uh, taking their uniform off that they don't know. Oh, I see what, what else saying. to do? Yeah, that's their so, life. That's that's who they are. Yeah. yeah, so they they get together. Tony Gonzalez of the Kansas City Chiefs was, yeah. was one of the guys. Yeah. Um, I'm try, I'm drawing a blank on the guy that that started it, but there's a movie called MVP, and it's written by one of the founders, who's probably one of the most amazing guys. You talk about people that inspire, and and I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um. But he, he's a guy that joined the Army and did, I think, 10 years in the Army as a Ranger, gets out, walks on to the Texas football team, University of Texas. What? Walks on, which yeah. is almost impossible. And they said, well, we don't need anybody like in any skill position, but if you can figure out how to be a long snapper, you might have a spot. So he spent a year becoming a lawn snapper and got a job, got a thing on the uh, position. Is it? Uh, yeah, I was looking up real quick on yeah. the computer. Uh, Jay Glazer. Uh, Jay Glazer is one of the founders. Ah, okay. And but he's not the guy. The guy. Um, oh, uh, Nate Boyer. Nate Here it Boyer. is. Yeah, former Army Green Beret. Nate yeah. Boyer. Wow. So he walks on at Texas, plays so many years. Yeah. Then gets drafted. I don't know if he got drafted or. or was a free agent for the Seattle Seahawks. Plays professional base uh, football. Football, yeah. And then he got out, and now he's a producer, actor, director, and he put together this movie called MVP, and it it's a fictional story about a group, him, and then a group of people that live in a veterans home that that, and he's a security guard for a football, a professional football player who just retired, and they figure it out and they do this thing. So the movie is insane. Like if you're a veteran. Or not, even not a veteran. The movie's great. And it's so great like that this is the first movie he ever put together, and Sylvester Stallone produced it. Wow. He thought that much of it. That, Rocky. That, that he produced it. Yeah. yeah. So um, Nate Boyer is a – I'm sorry, Nate, that I couldn't remember your name, but maybe we can edit that out. And Nate's a – I look up highly to Nate. I've never met him, but I – he was on a podcast with a friend of mine that I met out in LA and, and I learned about the, that program. So anyway, I, what I say to veterans is get involved. You're important and you matter. Don't, don't suicide is not the way like it's final. There's so many avenues to get help. There's so many people that love you 
and there's so many things that that can be done other than that so my phone number is on my instagram if you have questions if you're hurting if you're struggling if you want to get involved if you think you can be an asset just call me i'm on my cell phone i'm open to any any questions any any help i can be i'll point you in the right direction perfect Tim LeBay, Navy vet who served in Desert Storm and craft beer enthusiast on the American Grown Podcast and the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. To see photos of today's guests and more content, just search American Grown Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to be a featured guest on the podcast, Please direct message or email Austin at americangrownpod at gmail.com. This episode was brought to you by these sponsors. Cleona Coffee Roasters is a small batch coffee roastery and coffee shop. Veteran and first responder owned, community oriented, and roasted fresh to order. Now open inside 911 Rapid Response, Anvil, PA. Go to CleonaCoffeeRoasters.com to order online, see updated hours, and find where you can buy it close to you. Triggered 22 LLC, a veteran-owned apparel company. By purchasing a t-shirt, hat, or hoodie from Triggered 22, you're not only supporting a small business, but you're bringing awareness to veteran PTSD and suicide. Please help save the lives of those who fought for our freedoms Visit Triggered22.com now and place your order. Let's help those suffering from invisible wounds.